I want to say welcome, welcome to another episode of the Touch Up Podcast. Paul, I'm super excited to have you here today because, okay, I always do this. I always want to tell what you do. And then I tell you guys, oh, introduce yourself. Okay, so I'm excited to welcome you because of what we're going to talk about. I will say this, the little um, catalyst before you introduce yourself is you are the first of this type of coach that I've actually had on the podcast. And so I'm very excited about that. And I'm very excited to have you share what you do, how you do it, um, how you built it, and then how you've transitioned into something else. So Paul, please introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do. Well, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) My name is Paul Levitin. I am a self-confidence coach. I run a podcast called the Happy Healthy Human Podcast and a coaching company called the Happy Healthy Human Academy. And I help people live happier, healthier lives. Okay. And you do that in a number of ways. You started a few years ago in the fitness industry and then moved over into more of the broader, just helping people overall. So can you talk about that a little bit where you started? Yeah, for sure. So I started as a fitness coach, literally a personal trainer. So this is prior to coaching being a big thing online, like it is now, like I was, you know, I worked at a gym, I I, I trained people one on one for many years. And then the natural progression of that for anyone who's into fitness is, you know, nutrition, that's pretty much the next step, right? I was training people and everyone wants to lose weight, probably. And the thing you need to understand about weight loss is nutrition. So I was like, okay, like, I'll learn nutrition, and then I'll be able to help everyone. And then I got really good at fitness and nutrition. And then it was like, oh, well, why is it that I can't help everyone? Why are people not getting results? And that's when I started to understand, oh, because humans are humans and we have weird brains and we don't listen. And there's a million little idiosyncrasies that we have about us that make things not so simple. So it's not as simple as write a good workout, give someone a good diet plan, because you have to actually know how to communicate with people and you have to understand people. So that's what led me to really start to study and get involved in psychology, human behavior, behavioral science, behavioral economics, and human behavior and change became the thing that I got really interested in and excited about. And that's what I realized, like, oh, that's what this is all about. So it's, you know, fitness is a result. Uh, losing weight is a result. Making money is a result. Relationships are a result. All of the things that people coach on or want to be better at or want to improve in their lives, those are a result. Those are downstream effects. So what is the one thing that I actually have to help people with that will actually let them get that? And it's change, right? It's it's, it's your behavior. So people call it mindset. People, there's a lot of different packages people put it in. But the reason I use self-confidence because I'm like, what did everyone actually want? I want to lose weight. Well, why do you want to lose weight? Oh, well, so I can be more confident. Well, I want to have more money. What, why do you want more money? Because then I'll, I'll be able to do all the things that I want to do. I want to be able to talk to girls. I want to be, whatever the thing is, it's like, well, really what we're, what we're looking for is to just be a happier, more confident version of ourselves. But the thing is that what I, what I came to learn is that you're doing it backwards, right? People want to lose weight so that I can be more confident. I want to get more money so that I can live this life. It's like, that's not how this works. The real thing that you have to understand is you have to be the best version of yourself, the confident, happy version of yourself. And that person is the person that receives the weight loss, the money, the relationship, the business, the success, whatever else it is. So, you know, I just kind of continued down that rabbit hole, which to me was just a natural progression, right? A lot of 
quote unquote life coaches, mindset coaches, whatever you want to call them these days. I don't really like those terms, but that's what, you know, it, it is what it is. Came the same route that I did, right? A lot of people you'll hear the same story started in fitness, ended up as a, as a, a mindset coach because they had the same understanding that I do. It's like, oh, fitness is just a piece of the puzzle. The whole puzzle is much bigger than that. Uh, mm -hmm. So again, I just continued with my podcast, with my coaching to work on the meta skills that help people then become and better at whatever they want. So when people would still come to me as fitness, because I was the fitness guy for so long, my Instagram was fitness, my YouTube was fitness. I was still working at a gym. People would come to me for weight loss, but I would start to teach them about self-confidence, self-sabotage, self-talk, mindset, that kind of stuff. And they're like, well, I thought I was trying to lose weight, but it's like all of a sudden, six months later, they're getting the result that they wanted. It was just in a way that it, it was, they didn't understand how it had to be packaged. You know, it's kind of in, in marketing speak, there's a saying, which is like, uh, sell them what they want, give them what they need. Right. And it's like, people don't know what they want until you give it to them. Right. So someone would say, I want to lose weight. And I go, okay, yeah, like, cool. I'm going to build you a workout. Not realizing that I could, the workout was just some PDF I had on my computer saved from six months ago. But what I, they were getting from me was the conversation during the workout. And that was the real secret sauce. So through that, throughout years of doing that in the fitness world and the nutrition world, I ended up just dropping that piece because I'm like, this part is the kind of BS. Like, this is just like what I'm doing because this is what, you know, I have to do. But if I'm really talking about what I'm passionate about and what lights me up, it's the other stuff. It's again, the, the, the mental side of things. And that's what I want to put all of my energy and attention into. Yeah. I think a lot of times that we hear that all we hear, it's about changing our mind and it's about how we're thinking about things and um, truly getting down, not away from the what and the why um, and who we truly are as a being, not the result. I like how you put that. Uh, the result is comes from who we are, what we are being. I think we hear that often and still cast it aside because it's easier to do the activity than to investigate who we are, how we're thinking, our thought process, and actually make a change. Because it's easier to do the external always than it is to do the internal work, right? And to change it. You use the term behavioral economics. Can you explain what that is? Behavioral economics is just a, a study of human behavior similar to how you would study sociology or uh, so, you know, the, uh, the way people interact, but it's, it's looking at the way humans act on a, on a grand scale through an economic lens. So, you know, kind of putting statistics and numbers into human behavior. So like an example would be, uh, if there, there's a, there, there's a concept called uh, loss aversion, right? So loss aversion is the concept that we are as humans more inclined to avoid loss than we care about potential gain, right? So it feels worse to lose $5 than it feels good to gain $5. But in pure economic speak, that doesn't make any sense because $5 is $5. So if I feel $5 happier when I gain $5, I should feel $5 sadder when I lose $5. But that's not, that's not actually what we see. And that matters because that that inspires people to be more inclined to avoid loss 
than it does to to work towards gain. Right? And the way that plays out in life and business or something like that, right? Someone will, this is why, again, using weight loss as an example is very easy. This is why it's very easy for someone to lose weight when they've been, I'm sorry, they've been spurned by an ex or when they have a vacation coming up and they hate how they look in pictures. So they're going to, they're going to diet down. But if you just say, Hey, you should probably lose weight to be a little bit healthier, right? It doesn't, it mentally, it doesn't feel the same. And again, and same thing in business, you know, if, if when your back is right up against it, a lot of people can make a little bit of money to get the, to, you know, to, to get out, to back, get themselves out of a corner. But when things are good and you're trying to go to the next level, there's a psychological block in that. So there's all of these studies that have just been done, again, that equate human behavior to numerical values. That's an oversimplification, but that's that's really, it's using, it's using statistics and economic values to study how we act and see kind of how illogical it is. Because that's really the thing. When you start to study this stuff, what you see is that logically, nothing that we do makes sense. You know, if you were just, if we were just humans, if humans were just numbers and statistics, things would work one way, but we aren't, we're humans. And then when you have to add in that human factor, you start to see that things are not as cut and dry as they would seem. Mm, okay. So I'm going to use the example that you gave, because the other word that I wrote down that I wanted to ask about was self-sabotage. And you just gave an example about if someone wants to lose weight. They have a summer vacation coming up or like you said, just broken relationship. There's a different motivation than if you just need to get healthy. Right. Um, but it, to me, it almost sounds like almost self-sabotage can happen with the, oh, I just need to lose weight to get healthy portion. What are some techniques that people can use to push past that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the ultimate question, right? Because it, this is my whole theory that self-sabotage is everything. So I have one of my courses that I, that, that I teach in, my, in the Happy Healthy Human Academy is literally called Quit Quitting. And it's all about how to quit quitting on yourself because my theory is that everything is self-sabotage. There's nothing in the world that holds us back except for ourselves, right? Every Every person who's listening to this, if they're an entrepreneur, knows what they have to do for their business. Just like anyone who ever came to me in the gym who wanted to lose weight knew how to lose weight because the internet exists. Google existed for a long time and now we have AI, which makes it even easier. And yet people are still saying they don't know what to do, which is just, a, again, a logical fallacy. It's just wrong. It's just, it's just, it, it's just, it's a lie that we tell ourselves so that we don't have to do the hard work. So we have to come to this conclusion that nothing is holding me back except for me. I know what to do. I choose not to do it. And now we can invest, like you said, we can investigate that and see what the real stuff is holding me back is. And why is it that every time I get up to do the thing, again, I know when I'm watching Netflix late at night and I could be working on my business, I know that, but I still choose hit next episode. When I'm, you know, when again, when I say my goal is to not, you know, eat fast food and I'm pulling into McDonald's at that night, I know that I'm doing it right. No one is controlling me. No one is doing the thing now. Of course, people will hear stuff like this and they'll go, well, no, Paul, but you don't understand my situation. Like, it's different for me. Like, I really don't know. And it's like, okay, like there, of course, there's outliers for everything. There are certain unique situations where maybe you really don't know the answer. But for 99.9% .9 of people, the answer is just do the work. It's consistency. It's action. It's the stuff we all know. It's those cliches, right? Like that, that, that they're so overblown and overdone that we don't even want to hear them anymore, but it is the answer. So why is it that we know what to do? 
we can do it. We have the ability and we choose not to do it. And to me, again, that, that is the definition of self-sabotage. We get in our own way. And, you know, with why do we do that? That comes that now we come back to like the, the things we were just talking about the behavioral economic side of things and things like that, because we're not perfectly logical, right? If everything was logical, it'd be like, oh, just do the work. And I, oh, okay, well, well, duh, Paul, why didn't I think of that? Well, obviously, because it's not that easy, right? Easy said is not easy done. And we have the real life things that we have, we have like, you know, people talk about motivation a lot where it's like, people are like, oh, well, like you just got like, this is why I don't like these like motivational, like guru YouTube, like, you just get up, you just got to do it. You just got to grind. And it's like, no, no, you know, like it, obviously if it were that easy, it would already be done. But again, human nature is not, is not like that. So we have within us the motivation to do better. Right. So let's say I want to work on my business. I want to get to hundred K months, right? That's a big, you know, anyone listening to this podcast, that's for that, exactly that reason. And I know to get to hundred K months that I have to put in late nights. I have to get up in the, I have to get up. I have to be doing my social media outreach. I have to be doing all of these things and I'm not doing those things. Well, it's like, people would say, well, like, you just got to do it. You just got to grind. You just got to be motivated. But it's like, it's not that simple because as much as I want those things, I also want not those things because I want to do the scrolling on social media and not the outreach. I want to do the watching Netflix. I want to do the sleeping in. I want to do the going out and hanging out with my kids or my wife or whoever it is. Like, so it's like, we have, we think about only one side of things, but we forget that there's an equal motivation to not do those things. Right. Again, I use weight loss as an example a lot. I, I have a goal to lose weight. I know I shouldn't be eating McDonald's, but I'm still doing it. Why? Because McDonald's is delicious. Right. And I still want to do that. And I'm still tired after a long day of work and I don't want to cook. So it's like, we think about like, oh, there's motivation to do one thing. Like you're, you're motivated to do the negative things as well because you get a benefit out of those, right? When I eat the McDonald's, I get an instant dopamine hit. I get to relax. When I watch Netflix, I get to feel good. So it's not just like, oh, do the work and 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 find success. Your, your brain doesn't work like that. Your brain is like, what's good for me right now? And right now, usually the thing that's good for me is not the thing that's good for me six months to a year from now. And mm -hmm. that's the constant battle that we're going in, in health, in life, in entrepreneurship. And that's why, this is what I'm talking about when I'm saying like, this is the stuff that I wanted to talk about. I don't have to talk about the best workout because this is the real thing that holds people back. And this is what I you know, teach my courses on, do my talks on and things like that, because this is take out the word entrepreneurship and put in fitness, take out the word fitness and put in relationships, take out the word relationships and put in whatever it is that you want to be better in. This is the stuff that you have to understand if you ever want to be successful in life. Um, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody put it that the same way we have the motivation to do what's going to benefit us six months to a year from now, we equally have motivation to do the thing that's going to make us comfortable now. And so you're fighting against both of those things. That is, to put it that way, it, it just really put it in perspective for me. Right. Well, it's like, it, this is the thing that people have to understand is that we don't do anything to harm ourselves. Anything that your, your brain is a, a survival machine. That's all it's ever trying to do. It's trying to do what's best for you to give you the best chance of survival. So that means that anything that you do, any action you take somewhere in your subconscious brain, your brain thought that that was the best thing for you. Your brain is never going to do anything to put you in danger. So even if it is something stupid or, or bad, in the, in the, when you think about it logically, that's not the brain that's making decisions, right? The brain that's making decisions is your survival brain. So again, when you, that's why we always come to clarity after the fact, the day after going out drinking and waking up and not wanting to do any work when I knew I had work to do today, I'm like, oh, that was so dumb. I shouldn't have done that. After I eat the whole pizza and my stomach hurts and I'm feeling like, oh, why did I do that? I, 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 immediate, I immediately have clarity. 
but our, we have to give, that's why we, uh, you know, big thing I talk about with my clients is like, you have to give yourself grace because this is not, again, even though it is self-sabotage, it's self-sabotage from a place of love. It's your, your brain is not doing it to sabotage you. Your brain is doing it because it thinks that that's the best thing for you. And then we can, we can even go farther than that because this is how I live my life. It's like, when I understand that I can never, I never get mad at other people either, because I know that anything that someone gives towards me is still them thinking it's what's best for either them or me. Right. So even if someone yells at me, someone's a customer is rude to me, someone cuts me off in traffic again, somewhere in their brain, they're doing the thing that they think is best for them. They're not doing it because they hate me. They're not doing it to be rude to me. You know, if a customer is like, just like wants a refund or something like that, it's not a reflection on me. It is just, this is, this is how humans work. So this is the thing that I'm always thinking about. It's just like, that's just how it is. Now, what do you do about it? It's not like it's nothing to take personal. Again, if I mess up on my diet or if I can skip my business plan or something like that, me beating myself up about it doesn't do anything. It doesn't further the cause. It just, it, it actually makes things worse. So instead I can go, okay, that's what happened. How do I move forward from here? That's always the, the, the road I'm trying to take my clients down as well. Yeah, that ownership piece is so important. And I don't think we talk about ownership enough, but I think we talk about accountability, um, but that's still a little different from ownership. And I don't hear a ton of people who operate or think from that level of ownership, like really everything that happens, it, I'm responsible for it. Um, one of my mentors, we were having this conversation years ago, and he said, even if you come from that place, you often won't take things personally. You rarely will be offended. Um, and it takes you to a higher level in your being because he gave the example of if you're in a car accident and somebody hits you, still technically, you're responsible and you have to own that and you're at fault. Granted, somebody hit you, not technically your fault, but you made the decision to get in the car that day. You made the decision to be on that, on routes, wherever you were, that that incident happened, right? You made the decision to either be at that stop. Like all of those are decisions that if we hadn't made, you wouldn't have been in that situation. And so I really appreciate that piece of ownership because it, it takes your thought process to a new level as well as your life. Yeah. And I, I, it's, you know, extreme ownership, right? That's a concept. There's, there's a really famous book by that name that I really, really uh, recommend for people. And it's one of those things where it goes even beyond that. Cause I agree with that, right? People, that's one of those things people are like, well, it's not my fault. You know, the, the, the other person hit me, but you know, the way I look at things is like everything in life had to happen exactly the way that it did for me to be here. So nothing is good or bad or right or wrong. It is right. Like that's the thing. Like people, people put value judgments on things. Oh, I wasn't supposed to do to, to do this. My business was supposed to do better. It should have. It would have been good if I got to to six k weeks, but I only hit four k. So that's bad. It's like good and bad, right or wrong. These they're, they're not real. They're things that we create in our mind. What's real is this. Like me, I'm real. You're real. And, and, and even that is like, you know, we could get metaphysical with that and like to figure out is that is that even the case? But I'm just saying like, we, we talk about like things as if they are truths, when they aren't there, you know, we have to understand we have to uh, separate facts from feelings. And when we do that, we have control over our feelings, we don't have control over facts. So I actually use a, a similar example with the car accident thing. If I'm driving to work, 
and I get into a fender bender, someone hits me, right? Okay, I can take extreme ownership over that. I can say, you know, this was my fault. I was driving. I would have left for work five minutes earlier. I wouldn't have been in that position if I wasn't texting, whatever the thing was. Even if I was driving perfectly, like you said, I still put myself in a position to be here. But now I could also go a level deeper and go, how do I react in that situation? Because the same situation, I got hit. I could be the guy who gets out of my car. Now I'm going to be late. Now I'm going to be this. You, I can't believe this. Oh, I got to call my insurance. Or I could be the guy who gets out and go, oh my God, is everyone okay? Oh, wow. I'm so thankful. Thank thank, thank goodness that you're all right. I'm going to sit here and we're, we're going to figure this out together. Same situation, same level of ownership. How do I move forward from that is a big difference. And that's what I have control over. The fact is, for whoever is, is responsible, this happened. This is, we are, my, my cars are touching. We're going to have to call insurance. We're going to have to call the cops. We're going to have to do all this stuff. That is a fact. Now, what we do with that fact is in our control. And that's, that's the thing. It's like, what we have to focus on is what is within our control and what is outside of our control. And when you, when you really boil, boil it down, so little of our life is within our control. And so much is outside of our control. Almost nothing that happens in life is in your control. So people can talk about, well, you know, that, I, that's why you got to work hard and do this. It's like, you, you don't, that, that's not in your control, right? Because I can do all the work that I want and my, my, my launch can fall flat, right? I can do all the dieting that I want and I can still not lose the weight. I can do, you know, and I used to even talk about like, oh, well, the only thing you control is your, 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 yourself, your talk, your self-talk. But how many times, even on this podcast, right, where I'm not supposed to curse, did I almost blurt out a curse word? How many times do I think about something where I'm just like, wait, why would I even think that? How many times have I said something that I wish I could take back? So even us, right, I, or my heart rate, I can't control my heart rate. I can't control if my body, if, if my body is sick or healthy. So it's like, even the things that we think that we have control over, we, we have almost none. So now we have to realize that like in life, that's how life is. So we get, we get into this place where like we start, we start arguing with reality. We want things to be different than they are. And that is where the, the root of all discomfort comes from. It's like, well, I was supposed to lose 20 pounds on this diet, but you didn't. Well, my, my business was supposed to be this successful by now, but it isn't. Oh, well, you know, Tony Robbins or this guru said, if I paid $5,000 for this course and I worked for six months that I'd have a successful business and I'd be able to quit my job. And I did all the work. I put, I did my part. Right. And that's the thing we get fairness, right? I did my part. I paid the money. I, I did all the courses. I put, I did all the thing. I only have two customers. What the hell is going on? And it's like, it's not that that's, it's not that they lied because maybe I'm sure plenty of people do have that result. And I'm not, and it's not that there's anything wrong with you because you did the work. And like, sometimes that's just how life happens. And there's just a luck element of these things that we have to understand and just respect because again, to not respect it. Now we get back to self-sabotage. That's when I get to quitting, right? Cause now I go, this isn't fair. I did the work, right? I was told that if I worked for six months on my business, that I'd have 15 customers paying me $5,000 a month and I'd be able to quit my job. Right now, I only have two customers paying me $2,000 a month. That's not fair. I did my part. So that gives me a reason to now feel okay about quitting, right? Mm -hmm. Because I had an expectation of where I should be at this point in my journey, yeah. where instead I have to understand that again, it's not good or bad or right or wrong. It's not, it's just, this is where I'm at. So mm -hmm. now I can choose to, again, take that and figure it out. I can keep moving forward. I can say, Hey, this was an experiment that didn't work. I can try something new, but it's not like, Oh, it's, it, it didn't work out. It was supposed to be this way. It wasn't supposed to be that way because it isn't, if it was supposed to be that way. It would have been right. And like, that's the thing we have all like, these expectations around everything that was promised to us and what's fair. Hey, he, she did this launch 
and she made $100,000. I followed the exact same steps that she followed, but I only made $10,000. What the hell? It's like, okay, that's just how it is. You know, like, and then like, that's really just, again, again, in business and fitness and everything in, in life. It's just like, if we can step back from having these expectations, because again, the, I know this was a long rant, but it all comes back to self-sabotage because when we have expectations around the way things, again, I'm, I'm using air quotes that people aren't listening to video should happen. The, the shoulds are a big thing. If I think the way that something should happen, everything else that happens that isn't that means it's failure, right? If I should have, have a, a podcast with a million downloads, but I don't, that means it's failure. Our brain doesn't like failure, going back to you know, the negativity bias that I was talking about before. Um, and, and now it's like, oh, okay, this isn't fair. I That's a good reason for me to quit. And that we're, our brain is always looking for that. Again, our brain is and not, not from a bad place. It's trying to save you. It's trying to save your energy, right? Everything comes back to uh, evolution and survival, right? When, you're, when our ancestors were on the savanna or something like that, and you very well could get eaten by a tiger, saving energy was the most important thing. Your brain could not, you cannot go out expending extra energy because if the, 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 the you're, you're, you, if you didn't catch a, a cow on the next hunt, or if a tiger came and you had to run, you had to have all of your potential energy stored. So you would never expend any extra energy that you didn't absolutely have to. Now, fast forward to today, and your brain is still looking for shortcuts to save extra energy. So if you're working on a business plan that is supposed to make you rich, and it's not, your brain is going, well, this isn't working. Let's cut this thing out, right? Your brain is going to, your brain is continue. You're going to continually second guess yourself. You're going to continually go, oh, is there, is there really a point? Am I stupid for doing this? Should I, should I even be doing this? I've given it six months already. Isn't that enough? And you're going to keep looking for reasons and you just have to realize and understand and notice this stuff, right? Because this is like, we're going, what, what is my coaching? This is what I talk to people about. It's like, all I can help you do is you're going to do this over and over and over. My job is to just help you see it so that you don't fall for these traps that your brain is going to do. Because if we can get you out of your own way, then you don't quit at the six month mark and you keep going. And then when you have those thoughts again in the nine more nine month mark, you don't quit again. And then finally, 12 months in, 18 months in, two years in, you find success because consistency wins always but it's just when does it win right because um, we see that oh that person got it at three months so that's what that's supposed to be my story too that's not the case everyone's story is different eventually you'll get there again whether it's weight loss whether it's money whether it's business whether it's relationships you'll figure it out but are you going to give yourself enough time or are you going to let yourself talk get in the way and give you an excuse to quit hmm. i like when you said when is the consistency going to be enough because like you said it's for somebody, it was three months. For you, it may be two years. But we don't know when that point is going to be. And the consistency is what allows us to keep going, right? It's not the feeling, not the expectation. The difference between expectation and reality is where the discomfort comes in, um, are our expectations and what reality is. But when is that consistency going to kick, going to show up the result, quote unquote, the expectation we have? That's a That's a really good way to put that. Have you always dreamed of doing voiceover from home, but have no idea how to get started? My name's Jesse Carroll, and I put together the perfect course for you. It's called the VoiceOver Jumpstart Course. It's a course that's designed to take you from knowing absolutely nothing about voiceover all the way to everything you need to know to be a working professional in only six weeks. So if you want more information, head over to jessicarrollcoaching.com, and you can even book a one-on-one -on -one call with me if you want to find out if it's right for you. So thanks for listening to the Coach Up Podcast, and hope to see you in the course. 
Paul, you, you've learned this, obviously you've studied this because obviously you can talk about it and you're well versed in it. But when you started and you realized, okay, you started in fitness and then you moved into confidence and you moved into behavioral economics and um, the behavioral mindset, you're talking about things that a lot of people know. And like you said, like people know this, we hear this, it's just the same mundane thing that we all know, but our brain doesn't want to act on it. Our brain wants to save ourselves, keep us in comfort. My question for you is what makes you different? What sets you apart? Because I think coaches listening would say, you know, I know these things are in my, in my industry. I am, I have the same information. I, this person is doing a hundred thousand dollar launch, but I'm only doing a $10,000 launch, but we're talking about the same thing. Why, why am I different? What makes you different in your coaching that allows you to build your coaching business um, to the success levels that you've experienced. Yeah, nothing, right? And that's exactly it, right? And, that, and that you're exactly right. That's that's the whole point, is that everyone does have the same information as me. Nothing that I'm I'm regurgitating information. None of these are unique thoughts that I've had. There, I've read a lot of books, you know. I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I mean, if if there's anything, my superpower, so to speak, is that I can put all of these things into words in a very digestible way for people, which is very helpful as a coach, as a podcaster. That is that is one of the things that I'm best at. I can explain topics that can be kind of complex and people will kind of like you are nod and go, oh, okay, I've never really thought about it like that. And like, that's very helpful. So that in and of itself is worth getting paid for. People will pay me for that. They don't know that that's what they're paying me for. What they think they're paying me for, again, is weight loss. What they think they're paying me for is self-confidence. What they think they're paying me for is whatever the thing is. But I know, right, and going back to what I said before, sell them what they want, give them what they need. It's not about that. So when I was building my coaching company, when I'm selling high ticket coaching to you know five to $10,000 a package, that was still packaged as weight loss. But the conversation that ensued, weight loss was the thing that got them on a call with me. Then when the call goes like this, where now I'm talking about, okay, you've tried everything, right? So the people who came to me and who are going to pay that type of money aren't the same person who's going to go to the gym and buy a 1999 program and do it on their own. This is the person who's tried that, those things and has failed and has, and, and has that feeling of why me? Why am I different, right? Exactly that feeling of like, why is it that everyone can do these things, follow this Instagram guy? Am I broken? Why is it that everyone says, just be motivated? I know how to be motivated. I've read the books. I know David Goggins. I can I can watch a YouTube rant like the rest of them. I can try, I you know, I do 75 hard every year when it starts and I get into five days and then I give up. Why is that? And that's when we start to talk about the risk of, well, it's because that's not really what's holding you back. So it's just going a little bit deeper with people and finding the people who really need this because this isn't for everyone. There's plenty of people who will do it on their own. And there's plenty of people who can just pay a 1999 for a good work. They're just like, they just like, I just don't know how to work out. And they buy a PDF that shows them the form with YouTube video links. I give those away for free. I'm like, here, if that's really what you need here, because information is free. <clears throat> so I don't want to charge people for information because I don't have any information that no one else has, you know? That's why I stopped doing fitness because that's what I realized I was doing. I was like, oh, I'm just giving people stuff that, you know, like, again, like if they were dedicated enough and took 30 minutes, they could learn on YouTube, you know, and I felt I started to feel bad about it. It's like people would come to me to build them workouts. I'm like, this information is available for you for free online right now. Same thing with diets. Like people would be like, I want, can you build me a meal plan? I'd be like, no, I do not. I will not build you a meal plan because if you Google meal plan right now, you'll get 10 million results and you could go do that for free. I do not want you to pay me for a meal plan. But if you want to talk about why you think meal plans are the answer and they're not working, 
that's something that we can dive into. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's so good because to your point, it all it laser focuses the value of what true and good coaching really is, right? Because we can get all the information, but from a coaching standpoint, one, you're able to walk people through, help people become enlightened through the power of questions and through conversation about what's the real issue that's truly holding you back, that's truly causing you not to get the result that you want, because the information to get the result is there. You get that. But you need that person to walk you through getting through the layers that we don't want to attack in our brain. And it's also that, again, you know, exactly. That's the, I use that exact metaphor. The, the, the metaphor I, gi- I give to new clients is like, imagine you, you, uh, you take a plane to a foreign country and you have this whole thing. You want to go and, and find some deep uh, place deep off in the rainforest. You get off the plane, you don't speak the language and you have this, you know, uh, literally a map. You know, like an old school map, no iPhones or anything like that, literally a map. And this place is in the jungle. I mean, could you find it on your own? I'm sure you could. You could figure it out, right? You could you could fumble around, you might get lost, you might get bitten by a poisonous snake. You might, you might make it, it might take you a long time, or you might make it tomorrow. No one knows. But if you get off that plane and there's a tour guide there waiting for you who speaks the language, who who doesn't even need that map because they've done this trail 10,000 times, how much more likely do you think that you're going to be to get to that result? I can't, it's still your journey. I cannot take that journey for you. But what I can do is make sure that it's a lot easier. And I know where the roadblocks are. Again, going back to self-sabotage. It's not that this trail, this trail is going to have roadblocks. It's going to have pitfalls. There's going to be trees down, but I know where they are. And I know what the detours to take when you reach up against that. So it's not a question of, is this going to be hard? It is going to be hard. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be life setbacks. There's going to be weddings. There's going to be travel time. There's going to be work things. You're going to like, I know that because I've done this 10,000 times with 10,000 people, right? I have the I have the value of everyone else is only on their own journey. I've been on this journey so many times. You know, it's it's like, I actually, it's funny. I just saw this uh, preview for this new movie. Um, and I guess it's like based on a true story, but basically they took these guys who are guys and girls who are really good at like the racing video games and like turn them into actual NASCAR drivers. Because they were so, they were like the number one in like that game, like Gran Turismo or whatever it is, because they did get so realistic now where they're driving with real steering wheels or not, you know, like, and they're doing all this stuff. So some guy was like, he went and found the people who were like the number one in the world at this video game and then put them in real cars. And the guy became a champion because he had the value of he's done this racetrack that they're racing on, on virtually a hundred thousand times. And literally it's burned into his brain. So he's like the people who practice it in real life can only practice it a few times a year. Like you only can go on this specific track, like once or twice when you're racing it, this guy who's just been in his basement for the last 15 years playing video games has done this track 10,000, 50,000 times. So it's like, it, it, he just has it built into him. So that's how it is with coaching. It's like, I've walked this road so many times. I can see the pitfalls before they're going to come up. When I'm talking to a client, like where they're, they're talking, they don't even understand what's happening. I'm seeing what's, I'm like, hey, why don't we talk about this? Because I just, right. So motivational interviewing, the point, the whole, it rests on the, 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 the concept that like every person, again, knows the answer inside of them. So again, we know what we quote unquote should do, but we don't do it. So me as a coach, my job is to not, not to tell you what to do. My goal, my, my job is to get you to reach that conclusion yourself. 
right? So we can all know you, uh, with a child, right? What happens when you tell a kid what to do? Go clean up your toys. And they're like, no, no, I don't want to do it. But if you're like, hmm, you know, like I'm having so much fun cleaning up and they're like, oh, I want to clean up too because it's their decision. They are much more likely to do it. So it's the same thing. They, the way they learned this was with alcoholics and and smokers, right? And the, you know, the six, 50s, 60s, you know, or before that, if someone was an alcoholic, they would try to like berate them into not doing that, right? They, they would like put them in jail or something like that, right? Or they were like, there was no like Alcoholics Anonymous. And what they found out was that you cannot force someone to change who is not ready to change. You can give them all the answers. They can know you, an alcoholic can know they're destroying their family. Someone who smokes five packs a day can know that they're going to die from lung cancer and leave their kids without a parent. And they know that, and they still don't change. So you telling them, hey, you need to not do that is not the answer. The answer is investigating that with them, along with them to get them to come to the conclusion themselves, right? It's like inception, right? It's like that they don't want to do that thing. And when they decide it, that's where they're going to have a much better chance of change. So again, that's the, you know, as a coach, people think that what you're doing is just regurgitating information. And if that, if that's what you're doing, you're no better than Google and Google is free. So you're never going to get paid real money for that. If you can help people come to a conclusion that only another human can do AI can't do what we're doing, right? I, like, like Google can't do what I do. Google can tell you what you should do. Google can tell you how to do it, but Google can't tell you why you're holding yourself back from doing it. And neither can I, but I can help you find that place on your own. Hmm. Makes so much sense. Motivational interviewing. I have not heard that terminology. So that's a good one to add to the repertoire. Yeah. I mean, it's the, if you, the book is, is close to a textbook, but I mean, if everyone is a coach and, and in, in any form, I think every human, if you, you would be better off to, to read this book because it just tells you how to deal with people. Um, but there's a few books like that, or just a few, it's, it's very, it's, adjacent to therapy. I don't consider myself a therapist because I'm not licensed to be a therapist, but I'm licensed as a coach. But with the whole point of coaching is that I'm help I'm helping you move forward. So therapy, right? We talk about maybe a little bit more about the past. That's not what I'm going to get into. I'm not going to get into, we're going to say what's holding you back, but now how do we move forward with that? But motivational interviewing is a great place to start. And again, for anyone listening, there's, if you look it up, you can find like motivational interviewing for eating, motivational interviewing for nurses, motivational interviewing, like whatever your thing is, there's a, like a, you know, kind of like a, for dummies version, or there's like a motivational interviewing for that. So that, because it's so, such a powerful tool for anything that is sales, right. And we get down to it. All of this is sales. I'm trying to convince someone to do something that they, you know, that, that I'm trying to get them to do. So how do you, it's, it's human persuasion. And this is what I found the best way to do it. That is beneficial to everyone, right? It's not slimy sales tactics. This is like, I'm trying to help you in a way that you can help yourself. And that's providing a service that I can get paid for. And we all win in that scenario. Yeah. Okay. And I think um, in case I missed the title of the book, does the book, like you just said, there's motivational interviewing for all different types. Is the main book called Motivational Interviewing or is there a different Yeah, title? you just literally Google Motivational Interviewing. There's one main book that, as I said, is like kind of more like a textbook. It's, it's, it's dense. It's worth digging into. But if you want to find it for your specific thing, there's kind of like abridged versions for like if you're a nutrition coach, if you're, you know, whatever else that you are. Excellent. Okay. So, Paul, I want to get into something you mentioned um, concerning, again, building the coaching business. You mentioned that people who are on the weight loss tip, people who are wanting to lose weight loss do it themselves, will pay the $19.99. I'll, they'll pay that a month 
for membership, but the people who pay five and $10,000 to hire ticket coaching are individuals who've already tried that. So how do coaches, how did you find those clients? How do you not attract the $19.99 clients who are not going to pay for your coaching and attract the clients who are the five and $10,000 clients who will? Yeah. I mean, again, you can t- if you can uh, do that, you know, you you let me know how to how to ter- how to turn that on easy mode, and uh, we'll <laughs> make a lot of money together. Um, that's that you know that's the hard part, right? So it's it's a sales funnel, and it's the the, the longer sales funnel is a longer sales process. So. If you work from home, if you are a remote worker, if you're a business worker and you work from home and you sometimes just wish you could get together with other people who work from home, you just wish you could get out of your house and just be around other people who are working as dedicated and focused as you are, but you get to be in the space of other fellow remote workers, you want to join the Coffee Shop Coworkers Facebook group. We are connecting people all over the country in coffee shops where you can go for free meet other like-minded people, to hang out, to work together, whether it's for two hours, whether it's for four hours, whether it's all day, but you get to connect with people like you who are working from home, who want to be around other people and still get work done and just create a new network. So come check out the Facebook page, join the Facebook page, Coffee Shop Coworkers today so we can start connecting you to fellow future coworkers. You know, for a $19.99 product or a $100 product, you can just put it on Instagram. Hey, link in bio. And that's it. You know, you you try, you just pump it out. You you it's you you throw it out to 10,000 people. You hope that 500 buy and you make, you know, you make that much money. With with higher ticket coaching, it's the same, but it's a longer process because you have to get people to trust you. People are not buying high ticket coaching from a, a link in the a link in bio. It's it's a it's an entire process of of nurturing, of sales calls, of conversations like this, and getting them. I mean, you, there's a luck factor involved again, right? Getting the right, the right person at the right time. So that's why you know having a longer a longer nurturing process is important, and having more conversations is important. When I was doing this full time, I was having conversations in Facebook DMs, in Instagram DMs, and whatever platform I was using for months with people without ever, without ever talking about what I was doing as a coach, just, just talking to them, asking, you know, they're, they're, they're struggling with this, send them a podcast. They're there. They heard about this. No, I don't think that's true. Check this out instead. Here's a blog I was talking about. And then all of a sudden when they're ready, you know, they, they, they say one right thing that there's like, oh man, like I really just, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll flat out ask, or sometimes like you can tell, you know, that sometimes they're, they're just ready, but it's, it's, again, it's a long nurturing process. That's where my podcast came from actually. So the reason I have my podcast, because it was the same, the conversations that I was having over and over with people hundreds of times, at, either with clients, with potential clients, I was just like, oh, everyone needs to hear this stuff, right? Just like the conversation we've had so far today. I don't think that there's any human on earth who won't benefit from hearing this kind of stuff. So it's like, okay, let me just record this. So I started recording my podcast. Now that's part of my umbrella. That's part of my nurturing process. Hey, I'm having a conversation with with a with a potential prospect client. Again, we we just met. I'm not going to pitch him a ten thousand dollar coaching package. So I'm going to say, what are you struggling with? Oh, well, I just don't know what to eat. Oh, go cool. Here, go listen to this episode of my podcast. It tells you it's completely free. He listens to that. That's thirty minutes. Oh wow, Paul, that was really cool. 
I was really thinking about this. Oh, here, go listen to this other episode of my podcast. All of a sudden, a week later, he's listened to seven episodes of my podcast. He's listened to seven hours of me speaking. Now we get on a sales call. Now this guy knows me. He knows, he, I've talked about my nephew. I've talked about my why. I've talked about why I'm doing this. I've talked about what makes me different than other people. So now when I start talking to him, I was like, you, you understand what's going on here, right? Like this is not just like the weight loss thing. Like he, they, they're coming in ready and primed thinking like, oh, okay, now I kind of see why everything else has failed me. Clearly this guy has something that's different than everyone else. They don't know how much it's going to cost. Like that's still, you know, like that's still a bit, that's still a, 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 can be a sticker shock. And that's, you know, the, 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 that's just getting in front of the right people and, and things like that. But the, the nurturing process and being open to actually talking to people and making a longer conversation is huge. You can't just jump into someone's DMs and be like, Hey, here's 10,000, pay me $10,000. Like it doesn't work like that. Right. You mentioned the longer sales funnel. So the longer process for work, walking through a potential client to become an, an actual paying customer. And I think that's a place where people can, there's confusion. And I know it looks different, right? Depending on what industry you're in and depending on what your process is. But can you walk out what a longer typically sales process would be for a customer, like each individual component? And maybe obviously from what you've done in the past. Yeah, sure. I mean, so again, it's like these I, I said nurturing a lot before, right? And so like nurturing to me is again, so I say Facebook, Facebook was for me a really good avenue. I, I got a lot. So first is adding lots of friends on Facebook, joining lots of Facebook groups, right? So Facebook groups are a big one. So say I'm in a Facebook group for not for fitness because fitness, those fitness groups are saturated as hell. So if 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 someone's in like a, the weight loss fitness group and they go, hey, I really need a fitness coach. It's like, it's like blood in the water. Like you'll have 8,000 responses from thirsty coaches. Like, <laughs> oh my God. It's like, you, you, you don't want to be that guy. But I was in real estate groups, right? Real estate investor groups because real, but it, real estate is something I'm passionate about. So I'm reading a lot of real estate. I'm listening to bigger pockets and other uh, big real estate podcasts. So I can be conversational in these groups. So if someone's talking about something, I'm just talking to them like a normal person. Then I'm friend requesting them, you know, because we're, we're talking in a real estate group. That's cool. Still not bringing up anything that I'm doing, but now we're friends. They're going to start seeing my page. Now we're DMing, right? I might DM them. Hey, uh, anytime my friend requests someone and they, they, we connect, I instantly DM them, right? These are like little algorithm tricks, right? I DM them. Hey, so-and-so nice to meet you. Uh, you know, happy to, happy to be connected. That's it. Don't have to say anything else more. Now they're going to start seeing my posts. Posting consistently is another big one, right? If this is my strategy, I'm going to have to post every day. So now my posts about what I'm talking about they're going to start showing up on their page. Maybe, maybe nothing else happens. That's fine. That person is just part of my funnel now. And eventually maybe it comes back around, but maybe they start liking my posts or commenting on my posts. Now I go back. Now I go back to the DMS to talk to them. Hey, you know, I saw you liked my post. What, what was it that resonated about that? Oh, so-and-so, oh, I've always been trying to do this, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Like I said, here's my, here's an episode of my podcast where I talked about that. Okay, cool. Let me tell me more about that. How are you struggling? Not, not bringing it up again. Like I, you can't wait till someone like throws money at you because that's never going to happen, but you also can't be too hungry or thirsty, right? So like it has to be, people want to work with, again, at the higher you go up the totem pole, the the more personal it has to be. So the, the, the higher ticket item that you're trying to be, like you have to be a real person. Like that's why this is just me. So my podcast is me. My social media is me. It's like people are paying to work with me. They're not paying 
for a coach. They're not paying for a fitness program. They're paying for Paul. And that's why they have to know who I am before I can ever have a chance of doing that. And then at the point where they're ready to hop on a call, you know, then I have, would have an, what I would call an exploration call, which is, you know, usually a, a shorter, I do a, I do a two call close. So exploration calls by, you know, 10, 10 minute call to kind of prime them again for what's going on here. Hey, what are you struggling with? Here's how I think I can help. Do you think you're ready for this? You know, that that's a shorter one. Then if that's, if that goes well, I get them on a second call, a second call. Usually it's, it's a long conversation. It's just like this is over zoom. We're looking at each other. We talk for like an hour where I'm talking, where I'm breaking down their problems. I'm giving them value. I'm saying, here, here's what I would do. Here's what I would do. Here's what I would do. Here's the, here's the thing. Here's what you're struggling with. Yo, this is what, this is where you struggled in the past. This is why you failed. Give them all of that. And then by the end of that call, they understand like, oh, this guy understands why I'm not making it. This guy has the answers. This guy can help me. And if you can help someone get out of the situation that they is literally crushing them, right? So a lot of that is finding pain points and stuff like that. Because if it's just weight loss, no one's going to pay $10,000 to lose weight. But if the weight loss is making them unhappy and destroying their relationship with their kids and whatever, whatever, destroying their self-confidence, yada, yada, yada. So it's like you have to, you kind of have to dig into it a little bit more. If it's just like, well, you want to slim down for the summer again, go, that's $20. That's free. You know, that like, but if it's like, hey, I'm going to help you love yourself because you've been overweight your whole life and you've never thought that you were capable of being loved and that's destroying your relationship with your wife and you know, your dad died at 56 and you're turning 55 next year and you're 50 pounds overweight and you don't want to have a heart attack like him. I don't know. That might be worth $10,000 to someone. Right. All about showing them the value. Um, thank you for walking through that because I like the word nurture. Um, I heard, I think it used to be seven times people need to be exposed to you before they would consider doing business with you. Uh, the last reference I heard, which was this week sometime, and I, I'm assuming it was in reference to social media, was people need to be exposed to you 60 times, see you post that type of thing before they would consider doing business with you. So whatever, I mean, that's a large gap, seven to 60. But either way is what you just explained is there are steps and levels of truly getting to know the person. And I also think that helps to identify a better coaching client because everybody is not your client. Everybody is not a good fit. Just because people can pay you does not mean you should work with them. And so as you talked about, the higher you go, especially with your prices, the more personal the relationship needs to be. And I think that's important for people to remember and understand as they're building their business. Yeah. And it's hard in the beginning because like you feel like you need money, so you don't want to turn people away, but it is true. Like you need to be careful for people who are going to suck your energy or people who aren't the right fit for you, who you really can't help. Cause that's the thing. Right. And when you're first coaching, anyone who's going to give you money is your client, right? You're just like, Oh yeah, yeah, of course I can help you. And it's like, I mean, yeah, maybe, but it's, it's just not, especially then that's why I like to hire ticket coaching because I did that for a while too. I did like $80 a month for a re recurring, whatever, whatever. And it was just like, I found that I was fighting the same battle to get $80 a month for people than I was to get $2,000 a month for people. And once I realized that it's like, well, if I'm going to argue with someone, like it was not, it wasn't like, it was like, oh, it's like, in my head, it's like, well, it's 80 bucks. Who's not going to pay 80 bucks? Like that, that's nothing. And it was still like every month you're like, I don't know. Like it's like, and like once I, and then I had the first guy who swiped his card for like $12,000 on one swipe. And I was like, that was easier than 
the guy who I'm arguing over $20 for right now. And it's just like, it's the same thing. It's just, who are you having a conversation with? Because one person's $20 is another person's $20,000. So how do you get into those conversations? That That's what I was saying before. If you can tell me the easy answer to that, you know, we can, we can talk about a, a business partnership, but if, you know, the, the, the reality is like, it's not easy, but the, the, these people do exist. Right. And that's, that's the thing. It's like, I, like when I, to look at all these coaches and things like that, I, you know, I, I've done all the business coaches, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on coaching, you know? So it's like, and that was a big, that was another turning point for me too, where I'm like, well, I spend $10,000 a month, I mean, not a month, but like, I'll spend $10,000 on a coach, but like, that's me. Like most people wouldn't do that. It's like, why, 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 why would I do it? But, but they like, they're like, oh, like, no, no, that, that, that's normal for, for, for Paul to do. But Tony, who I'm trying to pitch $10,000 to, like, he would never do that. And it's like, again, that's just a mental block that's mm-hmm. getting me in the way of, of, I was like, actually, I was like, well, what if I just asked? And like, literally just like, was like, yeah, 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 it's $10,000. And the guy was like, okay. And I was like, oh shit, that, that worked. And like, you know, like, <laughs> and then I did it again. And like, it's like, not, again, not that every po- coaching package I've sold has been that big, but it has happened. You know, mm-hmm. and like I've had people like who retail $2,000 a month on retainer for forever. You know, like it's like th- these people exist because again, money, you know, we can talk about money mindset. This is a whole other rabbit hole, but it's like we get into our own money mindset and we think that that the way we see money is the way everyone sees money. But but that's not the case, right? People spend money on dumb things all the time. People spend, you know, and again, what you spend money on is your thing. So if I could think it's, I can think it's, I can think it's silly for someone to pay a $2,500 car note every month, but they love their car. So like, it's like, is that, is that dumb? I don't know. It makes them happy. So same thing. Someone would be like, well, that's crazy that someone would spend $10,000 on coaching. It's like, well, I don't know because they did it and they feel better about it. So someone out there is going to pay it. So you just have to find those people. You shifted from fitness into the mindset portion. Um, and then you shifted more so into podcasting and you've explained why. Um, but can you walk me through a little bit of that journey? Um, because I think it's interesting that people evolve in their business and how you have done so. And to be able to look and recognize, okay, I'm, I'm good at this. I've had success at this, but I want to go in a different direction and how the business aspect of that worked for you. Like, you made the decision, but the business changes that you had to make. Yeah. So, I mean, I think of the podcast as a part of everything as part of the ecosystem, right? So the ecosystem of Paul, my newsletter, my podcast, my Instagram, my YouTube, me, my Facebook, my group, my lives, like this is all part of the ecosystem. So once I can get someone into my ecosystem, that's when the journey begins, right? That's when nurturing begins. That's when they, that's when they become a potential client, right? They have to know who I am to potentially buy. So until someone is in my ecosystem, they don't exist to me and I don't exist to them. Once they're in my ecosystem, that does not make them, a, I mean, it does make them a potential customer, but it doesn't mean they're, they're anywhere more likely to buy. The more I can get them involved, someone who reads my newsletter actively, listens to my podcast actively, likes my social media posts, comments on my social media posts, that's someone who is more likely to buy. So all of these are just different pieces of my ecosystem. Now, coaching is the top tier thing. High ticket coaching is the the, the, the biggest ticket way to make money. But like you just said, like I just said, it doesn't make it easy, right? Like people hear these $10,000 sales, $5,000 sales, $2,000 a month and their eyes light up. But it's like, again, if those people were easy to find, then I would be swimming in a sea of gold coins, like, you know, Scrooge McDuck right now. But that's not the case. Like every one of those clients was like taking blood from a stone, right? To find that person. Maybe the sale was like at the point where they're ready to make the sale that they're, if they've been nurtured well, like the sale, the sales process is fine, but finding that right person is not easy. So that wasn't the route that I wanted to take forever because it's just like, yeah, it's, it's a doable thing. Like I proved like 
proof of concept. It's real. I've made over six figures doing that. But like, is that the route that I want to take where every day I'm mining social media groups? I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm on Facebook. I'm, I'm nurturing and stuff. It's like, it's just not the most fun to me. And it's also not the place for me to help the most people because I can only do, you know, five to 10 clients at, at any given time on, on my roster when I'm doing it like that, because it's a high level of service. It's a high, you know, like there's a lot of churn, right? People are going to pay that much, but they're not going to pay it for forever. So the podcast is something I like for several reasons. One, it's just because I'm passionate about it. I love podcasts and you can hear me talk. I can talk forever. I talk very fast. I can literally have thousands of hours of podcasts because I just love talking. It's a medium that I enjoy taking in. I love listening to podcasts. So it just made sense to me. I don't like YouTube. I don't like TikTok. I don't like other other platforms like to, to as a consumer. Like I would never sit down and watch YouTube, which is not something that I would do. But I will listen to three hours of a podcast pretty much daily, right? So it's just something that really made sense to me. And then when you talk about how do you actually affect the the most people, right? If I if I really am honest about like if I'm saying that I, what I what I'm what everything that I've said here that I believe to be true about self sabotage and, and human behavior and all this stuff, and I think that I have something to say. And like you said, you know, that you mentioned before, like you I, I can say I said some things in a way that you've never heard before, and this was helpful. And if this could help people, it's like, well, then is it my duty to then get it to more people, not just the people who can afford ten thousand dollars, but the people who can listen to my podcast. And I understand that my podcast right now does not is not monetized. Again, people might come to me from my podcast and buy my coaching or buy my courses. So it's monetized in that way, but that's it. It's not like I'm not doing ads or I'm not doing sponsorships or anything like that. It's completely free. This is just a way for me to give away the information that I want to give away. But I understand that people being in my ecosystem still has value. So it's while it's like not technically making me money, it has made me tens of thousands of dollars, right? It's like, it's a, it's a weird thing. The focus of it is not to make money and yet it makes me money. And that's really the answer with everything, right? Like if, you know, if you do Instagram because you want it to get you more clients, it's probably going to suck. But if you do Instagram because you love sharing your life in a weird roundabout way, clients are going to come from it, right? And that's the annoying thing. Cause it's like, well, I just want to do what's going to make me money, but it's like, people can feel how thirsty you are and they, they, they don't like it. So when you're just doing posts about like, buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing, you're never going to get it. But when you're just doing posts of like, this is my life, this is my life, this is my life, people go, wow, I like the way you live. Can you teach me how to do that? And like, that's really, you know, that's really, so my podcast is not like, wasn't like a big business move or something like that. It's like, this is just what I want to do. And I have faith that in the long run, it will create opportunities for me, whether it's meeting someone like you and then I get, and then you're doing an event and now I get paid to speak on stage or it's, you know, again, getting paid to go to do someone's group or someone hears me and they, they, they reach out to me in the DMS because they want to talk to me. There's, it's going to make money for me, but it is not the goal of the podcast. Love that. Okay. And I think that's really important for people to be reminded about. It is people way. Okay. I do need this business. I need to make money from it, but what is the motivation behind it? It's all about intention. With everything that you talk about, the ecosystem of your business, which is a really cool word to attach to business. The other question, Paul, that I wanted to ask was about how you manage that because there are a lot of pieces um, and you've done it full-time and you also are still doing it alongside a full-time J-O-B. There's managing the clients, there's one-on-one -on -one clients. Uh, I think you also do a little bit of group coaching or did at one time. There's a podcast, there's promotions, there's marketing. How do you juggle all of those pieces? Like, do you have a schedule? Do you have assistance? You do stuff on certain days. 
Can you talk about how you manage that ecosystem? Yeah, not very well. Um, <laughs> I love your honesty. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, no, I mean, I'm a big proponent of like, good enough is good enough. That's something that I'm going to say a lot, right? And and done is better than perfect, right? So like, and that's something I teach in my courses. Perfectionism is one of the, so I, you know, one of my, I told you about the course quit quitting, right? So mm-hmm. all about getting out of self-sabotage. So I have an acronym called SLUMP, S-L-U-M-P. Some, S is the shoulds. Um, L is lacking, lacking clarity. U is uncertainty. M is money mindset. P is perfectionism. So perfectionism is going to hold more people back than anything. Podcast. You before we started recording, you were asking me about my mic. Why do yeah. why do I have this mic? I have this mic because I typed in mic on Amazon, and this was the first cheapest thing that popped up. And that was three years ago, and I never changed it. Right? I record on Zoom. Why? Because I had it on my computer, and it was free. I use I use Calendly. I like. I, it's like I like. If I start to try to optimize too much, I'll optimize my way out of actually doing the thing. Right. So it's like, I'm just going to get it done. And even if it's not perfect, I'm going to get something and like that will grow in the long term. So, I mean, systems are great. And I think they're very important for certain types of people. They need regiments. They need this. They need this. I need to time block. And it's, it's never worked for me. I just need to, I know what I have to do and I have to get it done. And it's like, as long as it gets done in some capacity, that's all I can hope for. Right. And like, that's really like, that's the only way, because again, I've been, you know, we, we've spoke about this again before we started recording. I've been traveling. I was living out of my car for a while. I'm going to do go live in a van. I've been living in different states. I've, I've been in 15 different states in the last nine months. So it's like to, everyone has, you know, the, the, my favorite quote, you know, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. Mike Tyson said that. And it's like, and life punches you in the face every single day. So am I saying I like, I'm, I'm all for planning. I'm all for all like having regiments and, and schedules and things like that. But like, I'm also for just like getting it done, just figuring it out. So, you know, if I'm talking about social media outreach, I'm doing that when I'm, you know, sitting while I'm waiting for my, you know, my food to cook or something like that. I'm just like, whenever I can, but if my girlfriend is driving, I might just be doing like talking to people in the DMs in my car or something like that. Like, yeah, would it be great to have a two hours carved out for that? And when this was my full-time job, I did do that, but there's also a time for like, that's an excuse, right? It's like, oh, well, I need when I have time and everything's perfect and then it'll be good. It's like, yeah, okay. But like also that you'll never do it if you're waiting for that. And so like, what can you do right now that's going to move the needle one step further? And now again, this isn't just business. This is life. Oh, I'll work out when I have time. I'll diet when I know all the, it's like, okay. Or you could just do 1% better every day. And if I can do that, then again, I know that I'm going to be farther along tomorrow than I was today. And that's all I can really hope for. That is sound advice. Okay, last question before we start to wrap up here. As you were talking about all the things and you just get it done. I like to say, if if you wait until that's just an excuse, just figure out how to do something now. Building a business, building your business. Can you give the top three priorities that are always at the top of your list of things that you have to do to build the business? Um, You know, because we hear a lot about... um, not it's not return on investment and income producing activities revenue generating activities everybody has a different thought process around that but your top three priorities of things that you know you consistently have to do or you choose to do in your business to build it i mean personally to me it's it's growth always because i like people will say like well people will have a million followers on instagram and still not make any money and to me, I'd say, well, that person's dumb because I, there's no way if I have a million followers on Instagram, I can't figure out how to monetize it. To me, it's always the top of the funnel. That's the hardest. I can figure out how to get people to the bottom of the funnel. That's just me personally, right? People will be like, oh, well, having all the listeners or having all the viewers, having a, you know, it's like, doesn't make you make money. No, it doesn't. 
it doesn't guarantee, but if you know how to do it, that's what you know, that that's when you turn the faucet on. So for me, I'm always like trying to grow in some way, whether it's podcast, Instagram, grow your platform, again, grow my ecosystem, get more people into my ecosystem, because I know that I can, I can monetize that. But again, what I can't do is monetize someone who doesn't know I exist. So always have to be like, again, that's why I'm getting on podcasts like this, right? I, like last year I was on, you know, 50 some, I re- released a hundred episodes of my own podcast, but I was on the 50 some other podcasts that I get just to get, you know, so people will come and people hear me talk like this. Hopefully they go, Hey, this guy has something good to say. They go listen to my podcast. Then I have someone reach out to me in the DMs and they go, oh my God, I heard you on so-and-so's podcast. And then I went back to episode one and I listened to every single podcast of yours. And I'm like, well, that's someone who's going to pay me money, right? Like that's someone who's going to get, right? So that's that's huge for me. Um, also, uh, you know, again, then it's also, but now we flip the switch to the other side. It is the income producing activities, right? Because you can, you can talk yourself in circles, talking about Instagram posts, talking about this, talking about, you know, content, blah, blah, blah. It's like, if you're not asking for the sale, you're not going to get it right. That's, that's sales 101, right? It's like, you know, people, when I was a personal trainer, we had, you know, every gym has this where you get your free session, right? So the free session, when you sign up, you get a free session with a personal trainer, which is just a sales pitch, right? So it's like you, you do, it's an hour session, but really they teach you to do 40 minutes of working out. So that you have 20 minutes to take them in the back office and pitch them. And when I was, 21 coming out of college. I didn't know that. I thought I was just getting paid to, to help people work out, but it realized that it was a sales job. So this is how I learned sales. But you know, when I first started, you would come out of that office and my manager would come up to me like, Hey, how'd it go? Like, oh, they didn't buy. It's like, well, did you ask? It's like, well, well, no, I kind of made it, you know, I kind of, you know, I, I, I made it clear that they probably should. He's like, but did you ask? Like, did you, did you ask for the sale? So if you're not putting yourself in a position to actually receive a sale, I mean, that you're never going to get there. So a lot of people are like, well, I've been posting content. I've been putting call to actions. I've been doing, it's like, what did you talk to someone? Have you had a conversation with someone where you told them what they, what you do and ask them if they're interested? So like, so like, again, and that's the, the, the bottom end of the funnel of what I was just talking about before, which is the top end of the funnel, right? So I need more people to be able to have that conversation with. But if, again, if I'm just uh, mental masturbation where I'm just patting myself on the back about how many Instagram followers I'm gaining or something like that, but I'm never actually asking for a sale. That's how I become that person that I was saying before that has a hundred thousand, 200,000 followers and isn't making any money off of it. Again, very well. My, many people will say, well, you only need a thousand followers to make good money. That's definitely true. But just from statistically, you will be more likely to make more money if you have a hundred thousand or 200,000 followers. It doesn't have to be that much, but I'm just saying the bigger you can grow, um, the better. And then I mean, I guess if I had to do the last thing would just be, I, I I think it's like cliche a bit to say like learning, but like, because again, I don't think more information is the answer, right? Like I, like I said, you don't need to know anything to be successful. That's 100% the truth. You do not need nothing about my, like the, no person who ever hired me as a trainer did so because I was so good at biomechanics. No person who ever hired me as a coach. Again, I told you about my NBHWC license. No one even knows what that is, right? I went through two years of, of education to get that. Like, no, if I say that to someone, they're like, what, what is that? That's not even a real thing. So th- that is not why I want you to learn. What I want you to learn, why I want you to learn is so that you can be more confident because the reason I can talk like this, the reason I can say I'm a better person to spend money on than anyone else out there is because I'm so confident in myself and my abilities because I know for a fact that's the truth. Like I can like hand on the Bible, I know even at right now, not being in fitness anymore. If I walk into any gym in the country, I can say, I know more than any of these trainers and you're better off spending your money with me than you are with them. And I can say that people can feel that confidence because it's true. So whatever it is, when I'm on someone with a sales call, like I said, I do an hour long sales call with them. And at the end of it, I go, and the price is $10,000 or $2,000 a month paid out over six months. 
silence. I can say that with confidence because I believe that they will be better off with $10,000 less in their bank account with my coaching than they will be the other way around. And that mm. confidence comes from all of the education, all of the learning, all of the practice that I've done. And that is why you are a confidence coach. I think my recording cut out when you mentioned your license that you have as a coach. So will you share that really quickly? Yeah. So I've, I've licensed through a certification called the NBHWC, which is the National Board of Health and Wellness Coaches. So it's a you know, a lot of things are like certificate. People will say, well, like I'm a certified mindset coach or something like that. And that's like, you know, I can make up a certification and sell it online right now and call it, you know, anything I want, right? A certification. This is literally a, a government regulated license where I can go into a hospital right now and practice as, as a health and wellness coach. So it's just a level of uh, realness to it. And that's the only reason I did it. Not that I ever wanted to do that, but like I wanted to, again, be the most confident person in the room. And I wanted to know that if I'm talking, if I'm walking the walk and talking the talk that I know what I'm doing. So I went through this arduous process to get my board license just so that I can know no one else for not, not, not for not that one client I've ever had is cared, but so I can feel better about myself and knowing that I'm, I'm presenting something to people that is real. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. Paul, you have shared a lot of good information and I'm going to tell you, this is one reason why I love Jesus because <laughs> You are the third person in 24 hours who has said the exact same thing to me on my podcast when we're talking about mindset. So I know that the Lord gave me this platform because he needed to get me some coaching. <laughs> I'm sure I was in denial initially when he brought it up. But just hearing when you hear the same thing about your brain is trying to keep you comfortable. Kanisha, your brain is trying to keep you comfortable. Stop listening to it. This, this is what he's been telling me. So thank you for delivering what you did today. Because again, I needed to hear it. Um, I say that if you've ever read the Bible or anybody who's listening, who's ever read the Bible, I always say that um, Jesus knows that we need repetition. In the Bible, oh my goodness, the people just keep doing the same thing over and over. And I thank God for his grace because then he's just like, okay, I'm going to forgive you and give you another chance. But we just do the same thing over and over. But from a mindset standpoint, it's our brain just saying, no, I just want you to be comfortable. Just do this. I'm motivating you to do the now versus I'm motivating you to do what's going to be six to 10, 12 months from now. So thank you for what you share. Okay. We're now ready for the wrap up. Before you go, quick fire round questions. Paul, are you ready? Amazing. I'm so ready. Paul, number one tool or app you would not do business without right now? Uh, I mean, either Zoom or Google Drive. I told you, I'm super simple. I'm like, with that, that's everything that lives on my Google Drive. That's it. Okay. All right. All right. There you go. Simple. There you go. What tool do you use to collect payments from your clients? Uh, Stripe. See? Mm, I think you've answered this, but most effective method for you in finding and securing new clients? Uh, I mean, again, it's a long process, but the the I've gotten most of my high ticket clients through a Facebook uh, reach out, you know, Facebook groups to messenger process. Very cool. Okay. Tool, what tool do you use to set up client meetings? Uh, everything, oh, Calendly, yeah. Okay. One thing... Paul, that you attribute the most weight to in scaling your business to six figures? Getting out of your own way. Period. 
Okay. <laughs> and one book. No or one's gonna, the only one that's holding you back is you. And a lot of it has to do with your money mindset and thinking about like uh, what, why you don't deserve things or why you do, that, that number is too high or something like that. And again, that's just self-sabotage. You're getting in your own way. And if you can stop doing that, you will eventually receive success. You, I, I would bet something on this. I don't know what it is, but you probably have in your podcast a episode or a few about money mindset. Do you? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So in this next question, I want you to um, share, I don't know if you remember titles or not, but how people would find those um, along with the information for your podcast. Because the next question is what one book or podcast would you recommend as a must to consume, obviously including your own? I mean, yeah. So my podcast is called Happy Healthy Human. You can find it wherever podcasts are. are. Um, it's like over 200 episodes right now. So I don't know exactly where, um, but every concept that I've talked about, it's funny, you were just talking about, oh, this is the third time. And I, this is something I say a lot of my podcasts is that I say the same things over and over because we need to hear it over and over, right? So the conversations that I have are this, you will hear this conversation in different words, a hundred times if you listen to my podcast. And I don't think that that's enough. I think that it needs to be drilled into our heads and that's why stuff like this needs to exist. So go, you know, check out my podcast. It's not like an anthology type. They're all just, you can look at the title and see what I'm talking about and just pick a random episode that you think would be helpful for that day. Um, And that would be a a great place to start for books. I mean, I, I, I read a lot for talking about psychology or the things that we've been talking about today. I think again, a little bit dense while motivational interviewing, if you're a coach will change your life. Um, If you want to learn about the kind of the behavioral economic stuff that I was talking about in the beginning of the the why we do what we do, thinking fast and slow. So so that's the the, the book is called thinking fast and slow by Daniel Kahneman, who literally won a Nobel prize for this book. And and is what the entire field of behavioral economics is based on. I've done a few podcast episodes kind of breaking it down. So if you want a a, uh, kind of teaser tidbit into it. It was so, it was so formative for me that I've, I've discussed a lot of the topics on there. So if you go to my podcast and you look, uh, if you look for that thinking fast and slow, you'll see episodes about it. So if you don't want to dive into a 500 page textbook yet, and you want to kind of learn the, the things you can go check that out on my podcast as well. Perfect. Okay. All good stuff. Paul, when I say you, you didn't under promise, you just over delivered. <laughs> This was amazing. Um, thank you for sharing today. And I love it because you can de- you deliver a lot of information quickly because you do talk fast. <laughs> so. I, I listen I listen to my podcast on like 3x speed. So I think my brain goes like that now. That it's like I'm also from New York. So it's just like my I'm just I can't slow down. Yeah. It's a good quality. It's a good quality. How can people reach out to you, find you, connect with you? Yeah, I mean, super simple. Again, it's just my name at Paul Levitin across all social media platforms. So LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram is where I'm most active. Um, and, you know, that's like the place where I have the most free content. So if you want to check me out on Instagram, shoot me a DM. I'm happy to send any, uh, you know, I have a lot of freebie stuff. Again, if you want like workout stuff, nutrition stuff, like I said, I just give that stuff away now because I have so much from so many years. Like I know I don't want to sell it. I just want to give it to people. So if you want any help with that kind of stuff, I'll happily help you out. Um, but again, the podcast is where I would point point most people just go and learn for free as much as you can. And then if you still need help after that, and then shoot me a DM. Sounds good. My last question for you, Paul. Levitin is a very interesting last name. Does it have a meaning or do you know the origin? 
Not really, honestly. Uh, it's like my uh, I'm like Eastern European, kind of Russian, German, Polish mix. But my family, I'm very much New York. So both my parents were born in New York City. Three of my four grandparents were born in New York City. I'm like a real, real born and bred New Yorker. So that that the last name is a, a holdout from the from the old world before that. It's very cool. I like it. Thank you for this time today. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and your insights. Like I said, it's been super helpful for me. So I know it's going to be very helpful for those who are listening. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. And I really do appreciate your time.